0: Randy, we're continuing our discussion of the seven desires today. We're getting to desire number two,
1: the desire we all have for affirmation. Affirmation is one of those those desires, Mark, that has got universal appeal because we all love to be affirmed. And uh, at the same time, I personally subscribe to the school of thought that uh, I, I try to be an encourager. And I think that affirmations and being an encourager... Uh, a lot of times, uh, not only makes it uh, easier to deal with people, um, and maybe that goes hand in hand with just being a, you know, a a positive type person, but uh, I'm wandering off track here. Uh, the second desire, the desire to be affirmed, and what have you got to tell our listeners about that? Well, I think, by the way, before
0: we leave your wandering off track, I think it's not a bad little uh, element of this that... We're talking about the desires that we all have inside our heart for certain things. Last week we talked about the desire to be heard and understood. Um, You know, Debbie and I feel that God has put these desires in all of our hearts actually to draw us closer to Him uh, and to draw us into community with uh, other people who are capable of being good listeners. As isn't the case last week and this week, I think what you're saying there is that you know not only do we all long to be affirmed, but but one of our goals for our uh, emotional and spiritual maturity and development is to be uh, encouragers or to be a, a people who know how to give out affirmation.
1: Well, I really think that it's one of those strongest desires that many of us do experience. You know, just based on the, even put yourself in the workplace uh, environment, Uh, all of us have that desire to be... uh, told that we're doing a good job to say that, uh, you know, I received, uh, I received the work that you did last night and it looks fantastic or well, whatever, uh, to be affirmed is to give that encouragement that in so many cases motivates, motivates. Uh, you know, it yeah. motivates people to, to work even harder, to take the next steps, to also pass it on. Because I think that when you encourage people, when you affirm people, you know, you leave work that day feeling great about yourself, right. feeling great about the people you work for, and when you get home, you kind of bring that attitude with you, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're complimenting your wife, and you're, you know, you're you're praising your, your kids for what they accomplished today, or whatever. I think it's a very contagious desire.
0: Yeah, I think that's kind of what you're pointing to. We had a guy in group last night who, uh, because of his um, sexual acting out with uh, a woman at work, decided to uh, and, and, correctly. So I think very, uh, uh, healthily. So he decided to find a new job because he needed to get away from that affair partner. So, um, he did find a, a new job at a new company, you know, big promotion, big salary increase, you know, and that was all great. But what he was describing last night is that, um, the boss of this company is rather universally critical, uh, uh, you send the boss an email about whatever it is you're working on, and he he sends it back and corrects your grammar or corrects your mm-hmm. your punctuation, or you know that's kind of hypercritical. Um, and he was lamenting the fact that while he, on the one hand he made a healthy choice, on another it it hasn't landed him in such a healthy work environment. Uh, one of the things that I think uh, that we always encourage people to think about when we uh, help them understand this desire is uh, as you think back over your life, and you know, we're always trying to create moments for our listening audience to perhaps pause the recording and maybe have a conversation with your group or your spouse or someone. Uh, if you think back in the course of your life, uh, who were the encouragers? Who were the people who were affirming? Uh, think of the category of your parents, other family members. Think of teachers, think of people at church, think of people in the neighborhood, clubs, coaches, you know, those kinds of wide cultural experiences that you had. Uh, Who were the encouragers? Who were the people who were capable of affirming you? And as you think back on those people, ask yourself the question, who had the greatest influence on my life in terms of direction or in terms of motivation or in terms of uh, my sense of calling? Um, I clearly think that it was the encouragers or the affirmers who have a very positive effect on even the directions we
1: take in life. Well, as soon as you said that to think back over time uh, to those people, it's funny how often you say something and I immediately get a very clear vision uh, of of a valid example for me. Uh, And sometimes the people who turned out to be your favorite teachers so many times were some of the best people at affirming you. You know, why were they such a good teacher? Were they just such a great spreader of, of the knowledge? Of information. Of information? Or, or did they really, um, in my case, as I thought of my favorite teachers, not only did I learn a lot from them, but I was also bolstered by their comments and, and their encouragement and whether the assignment be a, mm-hmm. a particularly different one. Uh, I think back and activities that I was involved in in high school, whether that be uh, theater or sports, which were you know drama, theater, sports were the three big areas. And in all of those, I received affirmation that really, mm-hmm. so many times, is the foundation of your self confidence. Um, we've all met people who maybe in their fifties and they are totally lacking in confidence. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you kind of wonder along the way, was there just a great lack of affirmation in this person's life?
0: Well, you know, um, by the way, I I hope our listeners are having uh, examples of people in their life come to mind. I I think that would be great. Um, As you were mentioning high school teachers, I, I remember one of mine who told me at one point that she thought I was a good writer. Well, here, what do I do? I mean, what, what is one of the things I do today? And that is right. And I think uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say her name, Eleanor Davis from York High School. Um, she was one of the most gifted journalism teachers, I think, in the country. And she was nationally recognized for that. But she was um, an encourager.
1: Well, we'd like to thank her then personally for uh, helping to mentor you and turn you into uh, you know, the writer that you are today.
0: Well, you know, so hopefully other people besides ourselves uh, who are listening are coming up with their own examples. Now, uh, maybe when we get to after the break, I think one of the problems is, let's say we are 50 or 60 uh, or whatever we are, and we, we have a hard time uh, with a positive self-esteem. Um, sometimes we need to look at the fact that there is something called anti-affirmation, which is... Otherwise known as criticism. I mean, a lot of uh, the people that come through our doors here grew up uh, with lots and lots of criticism.
1: Well, that's because a lot of home environments were based uh, around negative attitudes or critical ad- attitudes. Mm-hmm. Uh, parents who were, uh, you know, demanding and not affirming. Uh, and, and there's a fine line there, too, because I think that uh, we all need direction from our parents, but along the way, you would also like to get. That, uh, that affirming uh, encouragement that uh, helps young kids excel.
0: Yeah, that's right. So perhaps we should take our break, okay. and we'll come back to uh, part two of this in terms of how do we cope if we are desperately needing affirmation, if we're feeling starved for affirmation and encouragement? What are some of the uh, negative or false or unhealthy ways we cope with that?
1: You're listening to Dr. Mark Laser, and this is the Men of Valor program. We'll be right back. That's faithful and Time now
0: for the Trigger of the Week. Trigger of the Week, uh, Randy, was sent to us by email from one of our listeners, who's also one of our alumni, so a shout-out to him without obviously violating anonymity. Thanks for sending this in. But go ahead, Randy. I always enjoy it when you say the Trigger of the Week. (laughs) The
1: Trigger of the Week this week, and I think many of us have have been there before, and that is the late-night check-in at a hotel. Um, many of us who have had to travel from time to time or travel for their job uh, will find themselves after a long day of being on airplanes and in taxi cabs or getting rental cars and you uh, you arrive late at night at a hotel and it'll be the staff behind the desk for the late night check-in. The att- in many cases, a- an attractive young lady who's working that midnight graveyard shift, and she's there to assist you as you're checking in.
0: Well, you're right in that uh, I travel a fair amount, uh, and uh, we check into hotels, and it's kind of raising uh, the whole topic of travel, really, meaning that there are so many triggers when we travel, whether it's the late-night check-in to your hotel girl or...
1: The flight attendant on your plane that day.
0: Or who, you know, happened to treat you nicely. Or perhaps the people that you're sitting next to one of my favorite examples of that was I was flying back one day from Nashville and I sat down next to uh, in the in the plane a very attractive woman turned out to be Miss America that year well they- <laughs> and she was flying to Minneapolis to do a speech and uh, but she I had a delightful conversation she turned out to be a, a Christian and uh, we had a really interesting faith conversation, and uh, it wound up that I was able to arrange for her to give her testimony at uh, one of the American Association of Christian Counselors events the following year, because that takes place in
1: Nashville, and she lives in Nashville. Well, that's divine intervention there, right, right there, a fine example.
0: Well, it was a trigger at the moment when I saw her get, when I got on the plane. Uh, we have a lot of triggers, and by the way, you know, we're not just doing this uh, Trigger of the Week uh every show to just you know try to come up with cultural observation i think you know we're also uh, trying to help all of us see that even though we run into lots of triggers you know we have decisions to make and if we commit the uh, process to god and the power of the holy spirit like like the one i was just mentioning god can turn it into something that's actually quite positive or healthy
1: well, let's take our listeners back to today's uh, subject, which is the second of the seven desires, and that is the desire to be affirmed.
0: I think that uh, one of the things we obviously need to talk about it, with this one, after you know, our listeners and the people we work with have had a you know chance to kind of understand their history and their families, and you know all of that, and say who were the encouragers, who were the people who affirmed you, who were the people who were critical, who were the people who gave you. Uh, you know, negative messages or shame-based messages. One of the things to look at next then is over the course of your life, what have you done to try to uh, receive affirmation? So um, last week we talked about, for example, if we've never felt heard, we might get very tempted to talk more loudly. Well, this week, uh, if we're searching for affirmation, what do we do? Uh, I think this desire is one of the desires that is behind what has historically in our field been called codependency, meaning that we're desperate for uh, affirmation. We, we want people to like us. Uh, we want people to not reject us and leave us. So what have we done uh, to, in effect, lose ourselves? So this is one of the big points that Debbie talks about all the time with uh, The wives that she works with, how have you lost yourself trying to please someone else, hoping that they will be affirming? What have you said yes to that you didn't really want to get yourself involved in? Uh, What have you gone along with and not objected to because you were afraid of not pleasing someone else uh, and experiencing their criticism or their uh, rejection, that kind of thing? How have you been a placator uh, a pleaser in other words? Um, so those are some of the things to think about I think and one of the other things that I think about when I think about this one is that I think a lot of us who are on the side of uh, workaholism that you know we really get ourselves lost in in work um, there's a part of us that's hoping that the next uh, accomplishment, the next milestone, the next raise, the next uh, uh, promotion, um, the next accomplishment, uh, whatever it is, uh, will finally give us the affirmation that we've so desperately sought.
1: And I think that's a pretty natural tendency for most people. It it seems to be the, um, you know, people that have got a uh, a well-established work ethic seem to be driven by that. They seem to be driven by accomplishment, uh, mm-hmm. hard work. It's it's almost like a math equation, you know, um, hard work plus good attitude equals you equals know something, right, you know. right, that kind of thing. And yet, I've met people who make it difficult or, or uh, uncomfortable trying to give them affirmation. And why is that?
0: Well, that's a great uh, question, Randy, because I think uh, just as there is anti-affirmation, there is something called manipulative affirmation. So I know that one of the ways I think uh, my father particularly controlled me, like, for example, my dad would never have told me directly, Mark, I think you need to go into ministry. But everything in me that he would affirm uh, l- would would lead me in that direction. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I think my dad had his own agenda, um, and uh, rather than be direct and blatant with it, uh, he he was very affirming. But but his affirmation at some level did not always feel um, genuine or not genuine. Maybe that's not the right word. It didn't. It didn't always feel like there. uh, There wasn't an agenda. There was always something that he needed uh, in return for the affirmation. If that makes any sense. Sure. So these are the people like you were like you were asking. If you give them an affirmation, there will always be a yes, but. Hmm. So in other words, Randy, you uh, the other night when we came over to your house for dinner and you made that. That lovely uh, casserole that you did—it it was absolutely
1: marvelous. Uh, <laughs> I'm known—I'm known for my tuna casserole. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had said yes, but
0: you know, it needed more salt. It needed uh, more this. It needed more that. Uh, there's some of us that are resistant to affirmation because we have been controlled by affirmation. I think that's what we're trying to say.
1: I once played golf with a guy for an entire weekend that uh, there's an annual group of guys that uh, for nearly 30 years, we've been going to this uh, same golf course in northern Minnesota. And this one year, we had a guy filling in for one of our regular guys. And this guy was definitely odd. But he's the kind of guy who would hit an excellent shot. And we'd go uh, wow, Dave, great shot! And it would barely come out of your mouth, and he'd say, "Yeah, but if I had done this, right. you know, it would have been in the hole or something like that." It, it was d- one or two yards. Oh offline. gosh, I was yeah. I was off I was off by eighteen inches uh, <laughs> from where I was shooting, and I went, "Oh well." Yeah. I'm happy when I hit the green. What are you talking about? You know? yeah. But, but it, it, it's funny because there are some people that are just not armed uh, with the willingness to take the comment in the spirit that it's uh, meant.
0: Well, that's right. And I think we also need to be aware ourselves when we're giving affirmations, are we giving them superficially or we giving them a, you know, as a matter of perfunctory messages in our head that, oh, I should affirm that, but we don't really mean it. Um, so, and, and I think, you know, all of us who've been parents, I mean, I think there are times when we see things in our kids and we want to be affirming, but we have to be careful like, you know, that we're not just affirming things that we want to see them do again and again and again.
1: You also, and have, again. You also need to be careful that you're not affirming one child over another.
0: That's another uh, dilemma that some get into. That, that's exactly right. So you see, you know, these, this whole affirmation category uh, of desire, we all desire it, and we all desire it to be genuine, authentic, heartfelt, uh, and uh, we don't need it to be superficial or manipulative, uh, that kind of thing. And we all need to watch out for, you know, what are the things we're doing to placate please, uh, uh, try to help... <coughs> You know people not be mad at us or what you know how are we at times losing ourselves uh in order to prevent someone else from being critical of us or leaving us that I think that's also an important part of uh this desire.
1: I think that that point itself makes this desire especially relevant to married couples,
0: yeah, mhm-. Oh, you would bring marriage into this, right? Well,
1: it just seems to be a hand in hand, you know, kind of situation mm-hmm. with, with affirmation and the uh you know your ability to make your point uh in a proactive positive affirmation way versus uh turning the tables on your spouse and, and trying to uh mm-hmm. kind of bowl in a china shop your way t- uh, into getting your way.
0: Right. Well, there again, I mean, I think you can try to get your way by being uh, manipulatively affirming. Uh, You can also try to get your way by being critical. Uh, I think, though, that that genuine sense of affirmation, which is also about an, you know, affirmation is about appreciation. I I know one of the early level conversations that Debbie and I had is that, you know, um, I think due to years of smoking a pipe, you know, I've destroyed all taste buds. Well, I don't really appreciate good food. I, you know, it could be three days old and stale, or it could be freshly produced, and I wouldn't know the difference. So, uh, Debbie, on the other hand, you know, takes some pride in you know uh, producing or cooking something that tastes good, and I just, I just don't have an appreciation of it. (laughs) I just literally don't. (laughs) You must be a joy to live with. Well, that's that's for sure. We should have her on the show, and she can confirm some of this. Um, I'm just saying that that those of us that are spouses, uh, we need to uh, be aware of affirming in an authentic and genuine way the things that we do, in fact, appreciate in our spouse. And that takes a while, and that takes practice at times. Well, certainly once we get past the affirmation
1: stage. Once, uh, I'm sorry, did I say the infatuation stage? Infatuation stage. Yeah. The um, This particular desire to be affirmed uh, seems to have a, a universal application to it, though, because where it can be a powerful element of your marital relationship or your family dynamic, it's also one that uh, kind of um, translates pretty powerfully across the board to dealing with people in all walks of life, your relationships at work, your uh, your ability to I think that a person that is aware of all seven of of the desires that you and Debbie uh, explain so beautifully in Seven Desires of Every Heart, when a person is aware of these desires, I think that it heightens your, your sensitivities or your radar in dealing with people.
0: Well, I think it does. Hopefully, if you practice with your primary relationships how to do this in a genuine, loving, authentic, uh, sincere way... It begins to permeate then your other relationships, and you become an affirming person and an encourager. And I think that's that's a great spiritual gift in ourselves to seek to develop. Through, in fact, it's in fact a spiritual discipline I think to be an
1: encourager. Well, let's wrap up today's show then with with a final thought uh, that you want to send our listeners away, uh, and you know, based on this uh, desire to be affirmed.
0: Well, as we say throughout the, uh, the book and throughout our speaking and teaching around this, who is the source of all affirmation? Who is the one who loves us truly unconditionally? And that would be God. So when we're looking at the depth of our soul for where we are affirmed, we always need to look to God first. Then I think we need to look to safe people who are encouragers. I think one of the things I teach the men all the time you have a choice on a daily basis. Who are you going to hang out with? Are you going to hang out with negative, critical people, or are you going to hang out with positive and encouraging people? And, uh, um, well, I'm afraid of that person's... Well, that's exactly the point. You know, Find encouragers to hang out with. Uh, find truth-tellers, authentic, sincere, and safe people. That's what we preach here all the time, the value of community. And we pray all the time for those who listen, that they will be people who are... Uh, in community, with safe people, and in terms of today's show, people who are
1: affirming and who are encouragers. You've been listening to Dr. Mark Laser on the Men of Valor program. I'm Randy Everett, your co-host, and we thank Ben Laser, our engineer and technical director, for his help today. We hope that today's message has been uh, of benefit and encouragement to you. We encourage you to be a person who is uh, free and strong to give affirmation to those that you love on a daily basis. We look forward to joining you again next week on the Men of Valor program.
0: You've been listening to the Men of Valor program with Dr. Mark Laser. For information about this program or to learn more about Faithful and True, visit us at faithfulandtrue.com. That's faithfulandtrue.com.